0: How much longer exactly can Hilux maintain its position as not only the top selling ute, but in fact the top selling passenger vehicle in Australia? Because the sales that top the charts today are reflective of orders that were taken six to 12 months ago. And in the intervening time, Toyota has pulled the Rogue and the Rugged X from the Hilux lineup. If you configure a Hilux at toyota.com.au today, the range tops out at SR5. And then of course there's Ford, which has issued Toyota something of a watermelon-sized 40 grit suppository, haven't they, recently? With the new V6 Diesel Ranger, which that's gotta hurt, okay? So can Toyota get its act together in a reasonable time frame and field a Land Cruiser-engined V6 Hilux anytime soon, or is it actually game over for Hilux on top? Logan from AutoExpert.com. You and I get new cars. I do. Australia only, though. Website. Card. V6 Hilux. In just a second, inspired by a question from you, if your name is Joe Monk. Now, Joe is the full golden billabong visitor, I have to say. He's got the full visa, you know, multiple entry visa with the, you know, acoustically transparent out the back. It's living the dream. First, this video is brought to you by manscaped.com, the most obsessive engineers of advanced all over hair management. Check out the new Lawnmower 4.0 and ultra smooth package. Lawnmower 4.0, waterproof, cordless, advanced ceramic blades with skin safe technology, reduces the risks of nicks and cuts. Blades so easily replaced, you can groom therefore quickly with complete confidence in the shower where cleanup is a breeze. Wireless inductive charging and a premium lithium-ion battery delivers up to 90 minutes of runtime on a full charge. There's even a travel lock, so no more worries about draining the battery in your bag. And if you want something even smoother, You're in luck today, dude. Manscaped's new Ultra Smooth package is a dead easy three-step shaving system to help you be bold and go bald with total confidence. Step one, crop exfoliator. You jump in the shower, gentle liquid scrub. It only takes seconds. It's a preemptive strike against ingrown hairs. Step two, crop gel. Unique, clear shaving gel, which is brilliant because you can actually see exactly what you are shaving. That's kind of important. Step three, crop shaver. Perfectly engineered for the task at hand. Three precision blades with extra wide lubricating strips, pivoting head, optimal shave, dude. The ultra smooth package includes five replacement blades and a storage case for easy travel. Six million men worldwide trust Manscaped when it comes to the right tools for the family jewels. Go to manscaped.com autoexpert today. You'll get 20% off plus free international shipping when you use the promo code AEJC at checkout. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code AEJC at manscaped.com autoexpert. Your balls will thank you. And now, let us go live via Ouija board from Dingo Piss Creek. This just in from Joe Monk, who says, and This is a quote, dude. John, Johnny, J Dog, JC, the Messiah, very naughty boy. I see what he's doing. He's just trying to butter me up. Word on the street, or maybe it was just a Dingo Piss Creek wet dream. Regular viewer is a 2024 Hilux will be blessed with the 3.3 litre diesel V6. Please tell me it's true. Thanks in anticipation, Joe. Well, thank you, Joe. And to the extent that we know the truth of anything, it's true, dude. I mean, this is the informed speculation about future Hilux. But, of course, when you talk about future anything Toyota, particularly Toyota at the moment, it's subject to a monument of caveats isn't it? It's the kind of height of monument of caveats that would get you into Icarus-like trouble should you, you know, climb one on a bright, hot, sunny day, okay? So just bear all this in mind with a grain of salt sort of thing. I think it's the plan, but will the plan come off and will it be 2024 or 25 or 26? You can toss as many metaphorical coins as you like there, dude. The current state of play, though, is that Workmate SR and SR5 are the only new Hiluxes that currently exist. If you go to Toyota's website today and you configure a Hilux, that's kind of how it is, okay? They're just conveniently forgotten, or maybe the word is omitted, the existence of the Rogue and Rugged X. It's like, oh, Did we have a brain aneurysm a few months ago? But they don't exist, right? You can't configure them. You can't look at ute porn. You know, you can't look at the $82,500 Rugged X of your dreams anymore, at least not on a Toyota uh, website in Australia, okay? It doesn't exist, dude. The Rogue and the Rugged X are officially not on sale, not configurable they stopped selling them in May, or stopped taking orders in May due to COVID because, you know, universal panacea of excuses. They say, quote, due to current demand, Toyota Australia can confirm that future orders have been temporarily paused. This is not due to the demand at all. This is a piece of convenient corporate bullshit from them. The demand is not what's doing it. It's their inability to create the cars, okay? Not the demand at all, they had more than enough ability to predict the demand for Hiluxes. they had plenty of historic data, it hasn't jumped. It's the number one vehicle, it's still the number one vehicle. It's all business as usual on the demand side, right? And in fact, the Hilux is getting pretty old now, okay? so the data is in on the current Hilux and this is such a free kick for ford with the ranger talk about being in the right place at exactly the right time with a v6 diesel dual cab chitois like dumb luck but luck nonetheless toyota light commercials we do know that the plan is that toyota light commercials are going to move to this thing called a TNGA platform right and Stupidly enough, it stands for Toyota New Global Architecture. You should never use the word new in something that will ultimately be replaced, because then it just sounds stupid, right? I don't know what they could have called it. There are a million different bullshit buzzwords that you can make up. They could have used an actual acronym instead of an initialism, for starters, right? Anyway, that platform is ultimately going to be uh, common to the Land Cruiser 300, the Tundra, the Tacoma, they would be obviously in the US, as well as the Forerunner in the US and the Hilux Fortuna, right? All sharing a common platform is the sort of objective a car maker like Toyota would have to rationalise its production and inventory because they have to make fewer bespoke widgets when they make the platform common, Right the Toyota new global architecture platform. And that will open the door to some pretty interesting potential developments, I guess you'd call it. The ninth generation we're talking about here. So they've been making Hilux for some time. This next one will be number nine. And they they said previously that it was going to be here in 2024. But because they can't build the current one and they can't make any accurate predictions about the future, I think it's better if we don't say 2024 and we just say the next generation Hilux, which they must have done most of the planning by now, okay? But as for productionising it, getting the widgets and getting them all together, like Christ knows, they still can't build the current one through its full model lineup. So it would be inconceivable that there's not a delay on this one is what I'm saying. The 3.3 twin-turbo V6 is probably going to be limited to a range-topping Halo Hilux, like a uh, GR Racing, a GR Sport sort of Hilux. I think they're going to call it the GR Sport, balance of probabilities. They have talked about, quote, a hardcore Halo variant in the past to replace the Rugged X. And, This is unlike Ranger, okay? Because with Ranger, you can have the V6 diesel in a variety of specs. Like you can have it in XLT and Sport and Wild Track. And then what you're doing is playing a powertrain game and also a spec level game. So if you wanted more of your hose out shitter, but with the good powertrain, you can have that. I think what's going to happen with the Hilux, though, is it's just going to be a GR Sport or a GR sort of the Hilux, you know, it's going to be the range topper. And does this mean it's going to be a hundred K Hilux? Maybe because that, that V6 is an expensive piece of kit. And does it mean that the V6 is going to be exactly the V6 in the Land Cruiser? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe there's a detuned version in the wings for Hilux because it might be overkill in a Hilux, even one that rides on the same platform. I just don't know, and all I'm doing is speculating at the moment. But just so you know what the timeline's been, the current generation of Hilux rolled out in 2015, right? It was facelifted for the first time in 2017, and then it copped the Joan Rivers-style upgrade again in 2020. So it's safe to say that now, towards the end of 22, its use-by date has fully expired. And Toyota is a specialist at milking every design for well beyond the time horizon of other car makers, and it just pumps up their profitability. Like, look at how long they had the 200 series in play. Was it 13 years or something? Whatever it was, it was a long time. And the amortisation of the tooling and all of that stuff, that happened years ago. And the the last several years' worth of production, that was all just cream, you know? And then, did they do enough with the current Land Cruiser? Maybe, maybe not. But When you look at the current Hilux, the 2.8 diesel outputs are 150 kilowatts and 500 newton metres, right? Which is okay, but it's not pack-leading. And it hasn't been pack-leading for a decade. There have been more powerful utes for at least 10 years compared with the current one. We'll get to that in a second. But when you look at the engine in the current Land Cruiser, the 300, it's a 3.3-litre twin-turbo V6 diesel with a hot V, Okay, that means the exhaust runs in the top of the V and the inlet is on the outsides of the cylinder banks, which is unlike most V-configured engines and hot Vs do tend to have operational problems. Most car makers that field them, kind of, the novelty wears off and they don't do it again because it's so problematic because... Invariably, airflow is a bit of a problem, right? So, you do some hard running and then you stop in a worst case scenario with a tailwind and there's hardly any airflow, and you get this massive heat sink at the top between the bonnet and the engine and sort of hemmed in by the heads, right? And some widget just can't handle the heat, literally and metaphorically, and goes poopy in its trousers, and then there's a whole bunch of Warranty claims or if it takes a longer time horizon than that for the problem to manifest itself. There's just a whole bunch of disgruntled owners sometime down the track cursing the shit out of the hot V. And this would not be the first time. So I think uh, yeah, current owners of Land Cruiser 300 are lab rats running this final uh, duty cycle type experiment with Toyota and hopefully it pays off but anyway it's an impressive engine in terms of its outputs it's 227 kilowatts and 700 newton meters which means 50 percent more power and 40 percent more torque than the current Hilux so I can see a queue of cashed up bogans over the friggin horizon looking for an engine like that in a Hilux right But uh, it's only 18% more capacity. So we're talking 40 to 50% more outputs, but only 18% more capacity. So the obvious conclusion there is that this engine is screwed up a lot tighter, okay? And that does not bode well for reliability into the future either, because the harder you make each one of those CCs actually work, the less time it's likely to live reliably for. And there are hedges against that in R&D. You can do the detail design different and engineer decent reliability, certainly. But the experiment's still running with the initial mad lab rats, and let's see what happens in five years or something. The Range of V6 three-litre diesel now, it's 184 kilowatts and 600 newton metres, which is 23% and 20% respectively over the current Hilux in power and torque. Okay, so if the Land Cruiser 300 engine does make its way unadulterated into the Hilux, it will comfortably eclipse the Ranger V6. And the Ranger, let's not forget, it was the number two seller in Australia for many, many months before the current model. So the current model is going to be probably supply limited, I suppose. Otherwise, there'd just be this tsunami of pent up demand that would be satisfied and Ranger would eclipse Hilux for several months in the normal course of business. But because of the supply limitation, like dude, anything's possible. The old Amarok V6, right? And that vehicle is like 11 or 12 years old too. It's 165 kilowatts, 550 newton meters. So that's comfortably on top of the current Hilux, not massively in front, but comfortably over the outputs of the current Hilux. And remember that even older, I'm talking 10 years old, Navara STX 550, like not much of a platform, but 170 kilowatts and 550 newton meters. Not too much to argue with that. Probably, I'd suggest, excuse me, a bit of a ute before its time. So anyway, the Rugged X now, and by now I mean, when it was on sale a few months ago, it was 82,500 Australian dollars, plus on road costs, so roughly 90 grand on the road. So it's pretty safe to assume that we are going to be looking at $100,000 Hilux if we get a halo model with that engine in it. Unknown whether or not they're gonna novel it a bit, because otherwise, see if I was Toyota, I wouldn't wanna give people a reason not to buy Land Cruiser 300. So knowing the kinds of bastards they are, I would hobble the 3.3 litre Hilux just a bit, just so that there were still bragging rights to Land Cruiser ownership, so that your Land Cruiser bogan at Dingo Piss Creek could still sit there and go, I've got the most powerful one. Even if it's only like, 20 kilowatts and 20 newton meters, just enough to make him feel special for his $150,000 spend or whatever it is. And then Trev and Mars, he can still feel pretty special for owning the 3.3 to 3.3 liter Hilux, even though it doesn't quite match the Land Cruiser on power output. I'd love to know in the comments if you think that's the kind of thing they will do. Will it be a hand grenade, though? See, this is the big question for me if I was going to spend that kind of money. Can Toyota reliably engineer a hot v, V6 for that kind of operation, for towing the three-and-a-half-ton acoustically transparent Chitois repeatedly out there through the gaffer to the golden billabong at the confluence, the tidal confluence of Dingo Piss Creek? And we all know how hard that work is, right? It's thirsty work out there. So, might they degrade the engine? Maybe the questions that I would want to know. Now, I'm going to leave you with this, all right? Because Toyota is functionally bipolar, and I don't mean they've got a, a mental defect. I mean there are two poles and they don't meet. They're just position one and position two, and they are mutually irreconcilable, and yet also they're part of the same whole. So, W-H-O-L-E, right? So, Sean Hanley is their top sales and marketing wonk, and he was at some shitbox Corolla media function just a short time ago. I'll put a link somewhere up there to the video I did on this so you can get the complete context because in my view, it sounds like he went completely off the reservation, which senior execs at Toyota rarely do, so quite uplifting, really. Anyway, I'm gonna share with you a quote that is completely germane to this transformation of Hilux, right? This is just a couple of weeks ago at this press event. Mr. Hanley says, we believe that you have to have a diverse range of technologies to get there. And by there, he means solving the climate problem. We're talking CO2 and climate change and the fact that cars are part of a solution to this. This is the context for his statement. We believe that you have to have a diverse range of technologies to get there. The point is this, Carbon is the enemy here, not the powertrain. We are in full support of some mandated type of legislation around emissions reductions. The one thing everybody agrees with is we have to get to a carbon neutral position. This is a senior executive at Toyota Australia talking just the other day. He goes on and says, Toyota is not arguing the toss on that. That's not a debate. Even with the most extreme viewpoint, we agree you've got to get to carbon neutral. So to Mr. Hanley and Toyota generally, Mr. Hanley's just speaking for Toyota, right? That's what he gets paid to do. So I assume he's not sharing with us his personal viewpoint, but rather just being a mouthpiece for the big T in Australia, right? So I'd ask Mr. Hanley, given the opportunity, Which part of the climate solution is creating the TNGA ultimate small cock Hilux with its entirely compensatory 3.3 litre V6 with twin turbos and those massive outputs? Which part of this solution, this path to carbon neutrality is this? Because I'm not seeing it. If we've got to get to carbon neutral, and that's not a debate, unquote, and everyone agrees, blah, blah, blah. How does this vehicle help? Riddle me that.